think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. Welcome to Kidney Talk. Today we have Jim Deneen with us. Jim Deneen has been a long-term friend of mine. He's had a kidney transplant for seven years, and he travels around the country inspiring people with his amazing story of overcoming adversity, and he's written a book called Life's Just Not That Complicated. Steps for Simplifying Your View of Life and Getting Where You Want to Be. I'm really excited today because Jim Deneen is here to share his tips about how life's just not that complicated and some strategy of how he's come to that conclusion. So welcome to the show, Jim. Thanks, Lori. It's nice to talk to you again. Well, so you've had a transplant for about seven years. Tell us about a little bit about your illness and what caused it and what you did to overcome so many obstacles. Okay. Um... It, it doesn't really seem like a lot of obstacles when I look back, but uh, I guess when I uh, really uh, tap into my memory, uh, I had no idea that I uh, had kidney disease. Uh, when I was diagnosed back in 1998, I actually, uh, like some other folks that I've met over the years, had gone to the doctor for uh, something relatively simple, and um, in the process of having some tests made, found out that my kidneys didn't work. Um, as a matter of fact, they were down to about 25% functioning, and, uh, and I had uh, no symptoms, or at least none that I recognized. Um, as far as what caused my problem, uh, to this day, we still really don't know. I've never, uh, never had any of the uh, symptoms that are typically uh, associated with kidney disease. I've never, never had high blood pressure. I'm not diabetic, uh, never been overweight, uh, at least grossly overweight by any stretch. So, um, they're thinking I was just uh, uh, one of those folks that unfortunately uh, contracted kidney disease and uh, uh, had some issues to deal with, and I dealt with them. So uh, here I am seven years later, and I feel wonderful. My transplant has been very successful, and um, I continue to work at keeping it successful. Well, y- your wife gave you a kidney. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I uh, always try and tell people I have uh, fooled Joyce for over 45 years. She actually thinks I have money, and um, (laughs) and so she gave me a kidney to keep me around. I I hope she doesn't listen to this. She'll find the truth, but um, uh, God bless her. She she gave me a kidney back in uh, 2003, and um, I had three matches, really, when when the time came for my transplant. My uh, brother, my oldest daughter, and Joyce. And um, we went with Joyce, uh, I say we because it was a family decision, and uh, we just had a, a lot of uh, family and personal reasons where we wanted uh, Joyce to be the donor, and, and it's just been a wonderful match, uh, just like our marriage. So uh, I, I can't be happier. Well, you're rich in spirit, and she knows that, right? Well, I, I certainly hope so. Uh, I'm not sure she calls it rich in spirit, but I, I'd like to believe that's what she's thinking. So. We'll, uh, we'll go with that. Well, now, how is your wife doing seven years post-transplant? She is doing fantastic. Um, I, I think like many donors, uh, Joyce had, uh, you know, those 
initial difficulties uh, just following uh, my transplant, simply from the, the surgery and, and what anybody goes through with a surgery. But, but really, from the transplant forward, uh, she has had absolutely no, no problems whatsoever. She takes good care of herself. Uh, she exercises and, I think, uh, eats a reasonable uh, diet. Um, but she knows that, just like me, with one kidney, she can't, uh, can't take things for granted. So she's, she's careful at what she does and what she um, eats and drinks and so on. And she's had absolutely no trouble whatsoever since my transplant. Well, now, I know one of the things that you share quite a bit, that you have an addiction. And this addiction is you're addicted to exercise, <laughs> which I guess is a good addiction if, you, you know, you're eating properly and not running 30 miles and not uh, having good nutritional status. So what exercise habits do you have and how did you become, you know, so involved in exercise? Uh, that, that's a great question. And, and I think of, of all the questions that, that people uh, raise with me in my transplant, it, it's around exercise because, uh, as you said, I'm, uh, addiction almost sounds like a, a, a crude word, but uh, I just am really um, one person who knows that exercise or how exercise has helped me get through a lot. Um, I would never call myself a great athlete. Uh, when I was growing up as a young person, I uh, enjoyed sports. I played football. I played football, basketball, uh, anything I could possibly uh, get the opportunity to play. But I didn't go to college on a scholarship, and I wasn't an All-American or an All-State anything. I just enjoyed the feeling I had from exercise. So when, um, when my disease reared its ugly head, if you will, um, I was exercising. I uh, had been lifting weights for many years. And I did it purely for enjoyment and for my health, not for any other reason. I wasn't a, a weightlifter in contest or anything like that. And um, the doctors have, have said to me on more than one occasion that the way I had pretty much taken care of myself most of my life contributed to the way I was able to deal with the, the many complications I actually went through with, uh, with kidney disease. Um, once my transplant occurred, and, and there, a lot of things happened between my diagnosis and my transplant, I actually, if I could digress just a second, I was ultimately found to not only have both my kidneys failing, but I was diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver. Um, again, had nothing to do with the, the things that people normally associate cirrhosis with, but, but mine was triggered by parts of my kidney disease, if you will. Um, and I'm also dealing today with, with skin cancer, which many of us uh, transplant recipients uh, have to deal with. Uh, but once my transplant occurred and, and I was healthy enough a couple of months after the transplant to go back, I went straight back to exercising. Um, I never really quit. I always continued to walk and, and to do uh, things that were reasonable for me to do with the situation I was in. But after my transplant and after I got the strength back that, that I felt that I needed, I went straight back to the gym. Uh, today, I'm uh, not ashamed to say I'm 65 years old and I go to the gym four to five days a week for an hour and a half to two hours. Um, for those people who think I don't do anything but exercise, I also uh, run my own business and, um, and sell real estate on the side. So I have a pretty busy day every day, but um, 
in my opinion, it keeps me awfully healthy. Well, one of the past conferences we were at, um, I thought your chosen exercise was Wii bowling. Um, so have you come to buy a Wii game and, you know, are you? do you have Wii Fit? Because Wii Fit is pretty cool. <laughs> well, you know what? I, it's funny that you would ask that. We do have Wii bowling. Uh, my... Uh, grown children and my grandchildren bought that for us a couple of years ago, and we, we do it all the time. Um, we, we do it for fun and for exercise. I'm, I'm really kind of more into the, uh, the tennis and the boxing side of it. I find <laughs> that to be great exercise. And besides that, I can usually beat the little guy on my TV screen. I, I can't beat anybody else. But um, we have been looking at the Wii Fit, and um, I, I think uh, Christmas is coming up here shortly. And uh, we're kind of hoping that, that something like that appears under our uh, Christmas tree, because from what I've seen of it, it looks to me like it would be a great opportunity to to exercise when I'm at home as well as uh, when I go to the gym. It's worth the price of we just to watch somebody try to walk the tightrope. <laughs> <laughs> So I, so I should go buy it for myself, even if somebody doesn't buy it. It, it, it pretty, it's pretty funny. There also is a, a Segway game on it where you have to ride a Segway. And I've ridden a Segway in the Bahamas, which was, you know, another story in itself. But it's pretty funny just to watch people try to navigate on a Segway on the Wii. Well, I, I'd like to try that. I, actually, you know, if I have had any problems since my transplant, I, I ended up with neuropathy um, uh, of my uh, feet. And so I have a little trouble with balance uh, simply because my feet sometimes hurt. So it sounds to me like that might be something I need to, uh, to work on. Maybe it would help me out. Well, now, the benefits of exercise, it's really helped your blood pressure, cholesterol, and how much has it impacted those numbers? Oh, I, dramatically is probably the, the uh, kindest word I can use. Um, like I said, I've never really had high blood pressure, but my blood pressure today, and I, and I only emphasize my age. I don't think um, life's about age myself, but um, we all think that as we grow older that those numbers uh, probably tend to get worse. In my case, uh, my cholesterol is around 120. Uh, my triglycerides are 96. My blood pressure is an even 120 over 80. And I want to say, in all fairness, I do take some blood pressure medication, but it's more of a uh, precautionary, more of a precautionary nature than anything. Uh, my blood pressure normally is around 130 over 80, but I take the blood pressure medicine just for safety because I am a transplant recipient. So uh, I'm pretty healthy. Well, the most important numbers, what's your creatinine? My creatinine, and I want to emphasize that my creatinine has not varied two points since my transplant, but my creatinine is 1.7. Wow. And, and when I say the variance has been, it has literally been between 1.6 and 1.8 um, ever since my transplant. It's never never gone higher, never gone lower. Well, one of the things that I learned about creatinine, mine was about 2.2 for, you know, close to nine, 19, 20 years, uh, was that a lot of times providers change labs and your creatinine can change just because it changes labs. And a lot of times that's why patients' creatinine change, not always because, you know, their kidney is doing poorly or better. So you always have to ask that question, did you change labs if you get a different creatinine? You know, I think that's an excellent point. And, uh, and I'm glad you brought it up because I might have, might have forgotten. My um my caretaker actually did switch labs at one time. And when I say my creatinine never varied, I, I didn't want to uh, wave a false flag. 
it did take a dramatic jump at one time. And uh, to the point where it was uh, very much a concern of mine. And what I found was that the, uh, my hospital had taken a different lab on, and um, whatever they did uh, had a very, very negative impact on my numbers. And when we redid my numbers, I actually demanded that we go back to my old lab. When they redid my numbers, my, my numbers had not varied at all. So something had happened between the labs that I'm to this day not not completely knowledgeable about. But uh, you make an excellent point. I think it's like um, switching doctors or anything else. Sometimes you'll get a different reading than than you're used to getting. Well, you know, I just received your book in the mail, Life's Just Not That Complicated, Nine Steps for Simplifying Your Life and Getting Where You Want to Be. So what made you want to write this book? And, you know, it's a it's a terrific book. I was reading through it, and it's just full of all kinds of little steps and tips and inspirational messages. So what gave you the motivation to write it? Well, and I, I appreciate you asking. Um, the book actually took me a couple of years to write, and um, I, I have been uh, very privileged through my association, quite frankly, Lori, with you and with, with RSN, uh, with the renal network and a number of other uh, opportunities that I've had to work with uh, kidney-related issues. Uh, I've been very privileged to be around people that have had stories that are just, um, uh, in my opinion, kind of bone-chilling and, and witnessed people get through things that um, just are amazing to me. And, and what it told me was there, there are people out there that um, just have a zest for life and don't let anything get them down. And uh, and I tend to think I'm kind of one of those people. So when I started putting together what has helped me get through not just my kidney disease, um, I guess I want to say I'm a, a veteran of the Vietnam uh, War back in the 1960s and 70s, and I've been in a, a car wreck or two uh, over the years, and I've had a, a couple of interesting uh, incidents in and uh, traveling uh, that I've had in my lifetime. And um, as I've come through those uh, various issues, I realized that there were certain things that, that I've pretty much done my whole life that have made my life a little less complicated. Uh, for example, I'm not, um, not much of one to overreact to things. I, I tend to give myself a, a little time to stop and analyze a situation and, and before I make a, a decision to move forward. Uh, as you know, you and I have uh, have been friends here for a number of years. Uh, I tend to laugh a lot, and um, I don't tend to laugh at things, but f- from my perspective, I laugh with things because I know humor helps me deal with things. So when I when I look at the at the various uh, items that have helped me get through my difficulties in life, I realize it's the same things that help everybody. So I thought well, I'm going to put this in writing and. Um, I'm kind of a firm believer that if I only help one person by writing this book, it's been worth the effort. And uh, so far, I've just uh, enjoyed the reaction to it. So I appreciate you asking. Thank you. Well, you know, your first step is slow down, stop and think. So, you know, I'm pretty compulsive, especially I'm at a mall and there's a 75% sale sign. I mean, I can't stop myself. It's it's a rule between my husband and me. If I see seventy five percent off, you got to stop. And so, does this apply in the mall too? <laughs> well, uh, first off, let me tell you, Lori. There's some things I just can't help you with. So that that's between you and your husband, and I'm I'm going to stay out of that. 
Um, you know, I, I think where that very first um, step came from, um, as you know, I've been a speaker for many, many years, uh, actually long before I uh, contracted kidney uh, disease. And, um, and one of my mentors, and I mentioned him in the book, there was a gentleman named Alan. And, uh, and many years ago, he taught me that when people ask me questions or they, they want more information from me on some topic that I might be addressing, uh, to never uh, jump at my answer before I give it a few seconds to think about. And uh, I used to go through kind of a, a line of reasoning on my own that said, well, you know, I don't have time to work through all these answers. Uh, somebody's asked me a question, they want an answer right away. And I found out that by just giving myself a few seconds to slow down, stop, and think about what the answer is to the question that, that's been asked of me, that my answer is usually much more sensible, much more realistic, and, um, and the brain kicks in a whole lot faster than I ever gave it credit for. So um, when I slow down, stop, and think, I just uh, tie that to pretty much everything I do in life and find that it's uh, kept me out of a lot of trouble. It hasn't kept me out of any malls. So. <laughs> now, you, you have nine steps in your book, and um, I, I'm not going to go through all of them, but what, what, what's the most difficult step that you find to, you know, uh, navigate? Um, you know, I think it, it, it probably is working with people who think that I'm taking, uh, taking things too lightly. Um, one of my steps is laugh a lot. Um, and I, I mentioned that here a few seconds ago. Uh, I am not naive enough to think that everything in the world is funny. Um, uh, I've dealt with enough in my life to know that there's some pretty harrowing things all of us must deal with. But what I do realize is that if I'm uh, at least as lighthearted as possible, it enables me to deal with things a little bit easier. And what makes that difficult is, is a lot of people think that if you smile or laugh a lot, that you're not taking uh, difficult challenges and issues seriously, and, and that's far from true in my case. Um, so as strange as it sounds, uh, my, um, my positive thinking uh, sometimes gets me in trouble. I, people tend to feel more comfortable uh, having a hard time with stuff. So I would have to say that's probably one of the most difficult. I think maybe if I could give one more, uh, I comment in there, people need to act and do something. Um, uh, I find that it becomes so easy for people to just overanalyze everything to the point where nothing ever gets done. And um, I'm a firm believer in sometimes taking some action is better than analyzing it to death and taking no action. So I would have to say probably of the nine steps, those are two that I've struggled with the most over the years. Well, fear, you know, when you're fearful, it just paralyzes you. Um, you do absolutely nothing. And, you know, one of the things that's, you know, I find challenging is that it is sometimes, you know, how do you stay up? And I mean, one of the best things is to stay around positive people. And sometimes, unfortunately, if you know, you, you can't choose your family, but if your family is naturally positive or upbeat, that can really help. And if they're not, then you have to find another core group because it's really, you know, they can just bring you into that frame of mind very easily. Absolutely. I, uh, I've, and, and maybe along those lines, I have been very blessed um, with a positive family. I, I come from a 
an old Irish family uh, who, quite frankly, we do tend to uh, to take some lighthearted uh, reaction to most things in life. But um, I, I've been blessed with two beautiful daughters. I have five wonderful grandkids. And uh, I, I think the best thing that all of us do together is we, we laugh a lot and we have fun together. And we just don't take everything too seriously. And I couldn't agree with you more. If, um, I have many friends who are dealing with difficulties just just like um, I have and you have and many others have, and and I meet with them every month. And we have lunch together, not just because we like to eat, um, <laughs> but we, we all are very positive people. Uh, one of my friends was, um, uh, just very briefly, he has been suffering from terminal cancer for five years. And it's, it's truly a miracle that, uh, that he's still with us, but he says, you know what, every day is a new day, and, and I'm going to enjoy every day. And uh, when I sit with him, I realize my troubles aren't quite as big as they might seem. Um, so I, I couldn't agree with you more, I guess. Um, staying around positive people has been invaluable to me over the years. Well, I know one of the things, too, that makes me very happy, and I, I think I heard them in the background there is, uh, you know, animals. I mean, animals are the most healing. I have three dogs, two cats, and an African gray parrot. And my animals bring me so much joy. In fact, I call one of my dogs Miles. I mean, he's really my nurse. I mean, he, he takes care of me whenever I don't feel good or has to be laying by me or you know, doing something. And I know that you are a big animal lover. So sometimes it can be hard for people who have an illness to have an animal at the same time, especially if they're by themselves. But pets are so healing. I, I, gosh, I couldn't agree more. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm sitting here right now. And um, I think you and I have had a little bit of this conversation before. One of my best friends in the world, Maggie, is uh, laying right here next to me. She came to Tennessee with me. For those who don't know, I drove down from Ohio today, so we've, we've had a long day. We left Ohio at 5 this morning, um, and he came with us. And uh, Maggie joined our family, um, coincidentally, right about the time I was diagnosed uh, back in 1998. Um, we have raised uh, collies for many, many years, actually for over 30 years, and uh, decided when our last collie um, had to be put down that... Uh, we would go to an animal shelter and get a rescue dog, and we did. And that was me, and she's a little border collie, and um, she is at my side. She's been at my side all through my illness. And, in fact, I actually wrote a, a little short article about uh, Maggie being with me a few years ago and what it meant and how she really has kept me up uh, when there was no one around for me to talk to, um, how she'll sometimes sit and look at me like she actually knows what I'm talking about. Kind of scares me at times. But um, I, I'm like you. I have found people who um, who have pets and who relate to pets tend to have a more positive attitude about things. Um, just my observation. It may not be completely correct, but uh, I will have always, and I probably always will have a pet. Well, for those of the of the people listening out there, um, Jim Deneen won the Kidney Times essay contest. And if you go on to kidneytimes.com and you just type in Jim Deneen, you'll find his award-winning essay about Maggie. And it's worth a read because it's it's just such a delight. And it does capture the very essence of you and your relationship with your dog, Maggie. 
Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Well, you know, so the book is called Life's Just Not That Complicated. And, you know, for me, I mean, some days it's not complicated and other days it seems more complicated. What kind of advice can you give to the listeners right now of overcoming the difficulties they face? You know, what suggestions would you give them? Well, you know, there are the, uh, I think there's the normal things and I don't want to beat exercise to death, but I, I really believe that exercise, uh, number one, if it does anything, helps keep me mentally up as much as physically up. Um, and I, as you well know, I do a lot of speaking around the country and, um, and not just to, to kidney issues, but to business related issues and on and so on. And I always tell people, I think we are all more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. Uh, we're all stronger than we believe we are. We're all smarter than we think we are. And um, one thing that I have found that has worked for me the most, and um, anyone who knows me well will tell you I'm the furthest thing from uh, self-centered and conceited that you'll ever meet. But each day that I get up, I tell myself that I am the strongest, smartest, best-looking guy that's going to walk out of my house today. <laughs> and since I'm the only guy who lives there, it's actually a true statement, but um, I go out into the world every day believing that Jim wins. And I tell people that all you have to do is change the name, and the same game works for everybody. And I have reached a point in life where I just believe that I can accomplish anything I want to accomplish if it's within my power. And um, I'm not naive enough, again, to think that I can do everything, but there's enough positive I can contribute to the world that um, if I don't contribute it, that I'm being selfish. And so I try and just go out and do something good for somebody every day. And uh, that has always tended to come back to me, usually in a very, very positive way. So my advice would be just look in the mirror every day and realize what a wonderful person you are. Well, one of the things that, you know, you say that you like to work out. Now, I have a question. Do you have an iPod? I do not. Man, I wanted to ask you what tracks were on your iPod. Uh, you know, I uh, listen to music constantly. Uh, but if I'm allowed, to, I'm, my goal in life is to be the oldest uh, Dick Clark version that we can come up with. I love rock and roll. Um, and my favorite, my favorite group is ACDC. And I listened, in fact, my poor wife had to listen to ACDC all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio to Nashville, Tennessee. So she's probably not a happy camper today. But uh, I love music that's upbeat. Um, my daughters, by the way, are both, I, you might even know this, my daughters are both singers, have magnificent voices. They've actually done a couple of, of uh, recordings. And um, yeah, I, I love good music of any kind, but when I'm working out, it has to be very strong, very upbeat music, because that's the way I feel. So your book, Life's Just Not That Complicated, how can we get a copy of this book if anybody listening wants to find out more about it? Oh, well, thank you for asking. Uh, I'm on Amazon.com, and if anyone goes on to Amazon.com and just either types in my name, that's Jim Deneen, D-I-N-E-E-N, or you can type in the title of my book, Life's Just Not That Complicated, and it will take you straight to the page. Um, the book uh, is listed at 
And um, someone said this to me the other day, and I, I just want to throw it out because I hadn't thought of this when I wrote it. It is a quick read book. And by that, I mean it, it will not take you a day to read this book. But it is a book that I wrote so that um, someone looking for maybe a little bit of guidance or an idea on what can make things a little bit easier can go back to it on a regular basis and just look at it very quickly and move forward. So um, I appreciate you asking, though, Lori. Just go to Amazon.com, and uh, there I am. So do you plan on writing any future books? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, um, I've been in the process of writing a book now for uh, a little over five years, Um, and it's it's almost now a compliment or will be a compliment to my first book because what what I'm doing, um, and I didn't realize I was doing it when I first started writing, is expanding on what I have written in Life's Just Not That Complicated. Um, I said I was a, a Vietnam veteran. I said I've been in a couple of car accidents that uh, were a little difficult for me to deal with. And um, the kidney disease, I had many more complications than some people and not as many complications as others. Um, and so I've, I've taken all of the things that I have dealt with in life, and I've taken a lot of the people that I have met and been interviewing them. And I'm not finished with my interviews, and I'm taking how people have dealt with these various challenges, whether it be financial, uh, health-related, accident-related, and I keep coming back to the same themes. And so my next book is really going to be around you can overcome it if you want to work at it hard enough. Now, Hopefully that's going to be out next year. Now, if memory serves me correctly, you've also been in a plane crash? Well... Uh, yeah, that, that story got uh, taken a little bit out of context. I was actually, uh, I used to be a recruiter many years ago, and uh, I'll tell the story very quickly. I was flying over uh, Pikes Peak uh, at about 39,000 feet, and there was a horrific explosion on the plane, and the plane fell a couple of thousand feet. And, uh, of course, came back under control, or you and I wouldn't be talking today. And um, the pilot came back and told us he had everything under control and on, and he had no, no more than got back to the front of the plane, and it happened a second time. Um, when we finally limped into St. Louis, as we um, got off the plane, we looked, and of the two engines we had, one of them was gone. It had uh, fallen off. So when I looked at that experience, I realized how close I came to... Uh, uh, to not moving forward, and it's uh, helped me be that much more appreciative of where I am today. So, Well, maybe your next book should be uh, somewhere along the lines of planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> no. The dangers of traveling with Jim Deneen. I was going to say, now I'll be afraid to get on a train. That's the only place I haven't had a bad experience. Well, you know, Jim, your positive outlook on life and your your zest for living life to its fullest is truly inspiring. And uh, for the people listening, you know, we do. We we are only as happy as our thoughts. And it, it is difficult when you have an illness and going through transition or dealing with something new. But, uh, you know... If you've overcome plane crashes or almost plane crashes and automobile accidents and Vietnam and kidney disease and liver disease, I mean, it does tell you that, you know, you can overcome extraordinary circumstances. Well, I appreciate that, Lori. And, you know, I, I, if I could say one one quick thing, I, I think there there are uh, people probably listening to to our conversation today who 
who are saying, well, this guy is always happy. Um, I, you know, I really want to emphasize that no different than, than anybody else out there. Um, I have days where I really just don't want to talk to people, where um, life isn't as, as much fun as I wish it was. But when I leave my house or when I leave my front door, I realize other people just don't need to hear all that. They've, uh, they've got their own issues to deal with, and they sure don't need me pouring mine on top of them. So um, I realize that all of us have difficulties to deal with, but I think when we deal with them, as you said, with, with a positive attitude and a, and a Jim Wins attitude, that's kind of the way I pl- uh, play it out, uh, it just makes it all a lot easier. Well, thank you so much for being on Kidney Talk today, and I wish you much success with your book, and I'm sure I'll see you in the kidney circles. You will see me soon, Lori. I appreciate that. Take care. You too. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. 